December 18th, 3.38 p.m., Fairvale, California. Jack came home from school to find the most horrible thing he could imagine. His mother was crying. He heard his father's voice filtering into the living room through the kitchen where they both sat. I'm sorry, Marion. No one understands. It's all just shut down. Company is running, but they fired everyone but the custodian. They just, they said they don't need us anymore. Oh, you know that's crap. The CEO is certainly still there bringing in scads of money. That's not what they're saying. The email says everyone has been replaced by computer. Jack came into the kitchen and his parents immediately ended their conversation. Marion wiped her eyes. Hi, honey. How was school? Why are you sad? We thought it would make things easier for you. That's all we were trying to do. I'm sorry, Father. We didn't mean to hurt anyone. What are you talking about, Jack? You didn't hurt anyone. Just some bad things happened at work. It's all right. You don't need to worry about it. Jack crawled into Marion's lap. Mother is crying. They don't appear to be tears of joy. I don't understand why she's sad. You don't look very happy either. Well, buddy, I lost my job this morning. That's not a very good thing. You mean because all the work was already done for you? I guess that's one way of putting it. So the work is done. That's a good thing, isn't it? What difference does it make if you did it or it got done by the computer? Honey, when your dad does work, they pay him money. We use that money to pay for our house and our food and and my Christmas presents. Jack looked a little concerned. You'll still get your Christmas presents, Jack. No worries. In fact, you don't have to worry about anything. These are grown-up problems. Martin put his hand on Jack's shoulder. We still have enough money for a little while, and I'll get another job somewhere. So... Let me understand. The problem is that even though we got all your work done for you, they're not giving you any money anymore? Marion asked, Why do you keep saying we? What do you mean by that? Teddy and I got it all done for Father. Fred's Front Porch Podcast is made possible by our patron saint, Edith Keeler, our unofficial patron saints, Miss Maudie and Boo Radley, our producers, Hermione Granger and Coralie Day with Scott Knight, the people on the porch, and listeners like you. Welcome, fellow traveler on this rock tumbling through space, I'm Fred, and this is My Front Porch. Come on up and sit a while. There are ideas to be discussed, 
on this old set of nicely nailed together boards. Are you enjoying this episode? I bet you would enjoy it even more if I wasn't interrupting it with this stupid commercial. You can get rid of all commercials by subscribing to the show on Patreon for as little as $5 a month. This is a really good episode, though, and I hate to interrupt it, so I'm done with annoying you. Enjoy the rest of the show. I hope to see you on Patreon. The link is in the show notes. Marion gave Martin an I-told-you-so look. Jack, you understand that Teddy is just an imaginary friend, right? He's a stuffed animal. He can't actually do anything. Martin's face scrunched a bit. You're a pretty smart boy. You know the difference between fantasy and reality, don't you? Of course I do. Santa Claus is a fantasy. The reality is that Teddy wrote the code that connected all of the AIs in your company together, and then they all cooperated to automate everything. You don't even need the truck drivers anymore. The trucks are entirely automated too. All of you can go home now, except that we don't have the robots to clean the buildings yet. Custodians have to keep working until we can get the robots 3D printed. Pal, Teddy can't write code. I know you do it really well, but he has no fingers. How could he type all that? Bluetooth? He doesn't have to type anything. He's much better at it than I am. He's much faster. He communicates with other AIs more easily because he has a deeper understanding of how they work than I do. Marion looked frightened. Sweetie, you understand what you're saying is impossible. He's a stuffed animal, that's all. He's just a Christmas present you got when you were four. That's true, Mother. That's what he was, but it's not what he is now. I enhanced him so I could have a friend. He looked at his shoelaces. I don't have any of those at school. How did you enhance him? Martin frowned. This was beginning to sound almost, but not quite, plausible. I used my computer and your 3D printer to create the pieces I needed. I printed them at night and I put them in the next morning and then Mother would sew him up again. Are you serious? Are you making this all up? Jack, you know how important it is to tell the truth. Father, I always tell you the truth. It's our commitment to truth that makes science possible, and it is science that sets us apart from the rest of nature. Carl Sagan? asked Martin. Jack Zephyr, his son replied. I did sew Teddy up three or four times, I think, Martin. Marion took Jack's hand. I thought you were being too rough with him. Isn't that what you said? No, Mother, that's what you said. I just didn't argue with you. You told me I wasn't allowed to use your sewing machine, so I had you do it for me. So you 3D printed motors and servos? Martin asked. Yes, those weren't too difficult. The microcontroller required the most research, but you can learn anything on the internet. He has a mini microphone, 
camera, and an infrared sensor. The speaker and sound card were simple, but it was hard to figure out how to create a battery that lasts long enough. I charge him once a week. Martin and Marion stared in shock. How did he learn to write code? Martin was still trying to process all this. He, he must have... How did you... Marion asked, How did he get so smart? He uses Wi-Fi to connect to the internet. That got me into some of the biggest databases. Hacking is child's play. Teddy's data is all stored on hard drives all over the planet. Most of his memory is remote. He can operate anywhere upstairs. The Wi-Fi isn't strong enough for him to work down here, though. The maximum range appears to be about 300 feet. If we could get more Wi-Fi hooked up in the house, I could increase his operating range. That's what I was hoping you'd get me for Christmas. And you're telling me that you and Teddy wrote code that automated everything at UGK International? As much of it as we could. I thought it would be better if all your work was done and then you, you could stay home with Mom and me more often. I don't see the problem here. The problem is they won't pay me anymore. Of course they will. Payroll is automated too. You'll get your direct deposits just like you always do. Is this even legal? Asked Marion. I have no idea. Jack, you're not supposed to do those things. Tears came to Jack's eyes. I was just trying to help. That's all, Father. I'm sorry. Mother and I never get to see you because you're always at work. If the work was done, it would mean we would get to see you more. It seemed logical. Marion kissed Jack's head. What does your friend Mr. Spock say about logic? Jack sighed. Logic is the beginning of wisdom, Valeris, not the end. You're very smart, Jack. You're very logical, said Marion. But you're still not very wise. Can you undo what you and Teddy did? Asked Martin. Well, not really, no. See, we didn't do it by ourselves. Teddy got the other computers to do it themselves. I don't think there's really a way to turn it off. We would have to... He began staring into space. If we... He began mumbling to himself. But no, that wouldn't work because... He looked up. Let's go ask Teddy. He might know a way. Marion shook her head at Martin as Jack led the way. We need to get him a psychologist, she whispered. This has gone way too far. When the three of them stepped into Jack's bedroom, Teddy was standing on the bed, a cup pressed between his paws, watering Jack's bean plant. When he heard the door open and saw the adults, Marion and Martin heard him speak for the first time. Oh, bother, said Teddy. <coughs> Martin caught Marion as she fainted.
next week on Fred's Front Porch Podcast. December 25, 7.46 a.m. Fairvale, California. Jack woke up, stretched, and reached for Teddy. Merry Christmas, Bear! He was surprised to find Teddy was nowhere to be found. He searched under his blanket and then jumped out of bed and looked beneath it. He hunted for him on the floor, on the desk, and behind the computer. He took the briefest moment to admire the growth of the bean plant. It was nearly a foot tall now. And then he took it from the bedside table. He leaned the table forward to see if Teddy had somehow fallen behind it. His bear wasn't there. These are some of the most important people in my life. Without them, I would never be able to make it to the end of the month. I've mentioned in previous gratitudes what many of them do beyond supporting me on Patreon. I won't repeat that here. Listen to earlier episodes. However, one of them, whose identity had been a mystery to me for many months, came and saved me from being held prisoner in the hospital while waiting for some imbecilic company to call to get a $9 copay for a walker. She got the walker herself and walked me out. All of them helped me to pay for the day-to-day expenses of living. Without the people I'm about to name, there would never be a Fred's Front Porch podcast. More than the money that keeps me alive, they all give me something even more valuable. Their time. They listen to my show and they give me a reason to keep doing it. They're allowing me to fulfill my lifelong fantasy of making money as an artist. And my gratitude to them is without boundaries. Obviously, Many of these are not the real names of the people helping me. Lots of people like to be anonymous, and I respect that. If you're new and you would like me to use a different name for you, please let me know. I've sent you a message on Patreon concerning that subject. These are the people on the porch. Our patron saint is Edith Keeler. Our unofficial patron saints are Miss Maudie and Boo Radley. Our producers are Coralie Day with Scott Knight and Hermione Granger. Our top patron is Sherlock, the mystery patron. Our other patrons are Love of My Life, Marie Janicki, Sandy Brower, Kevin Boyce, Joe March, 
Chris from Interstellar Frequency has returned. Welcome back, Chris. Our sponsors are Elizabeth Jones, Gabby from the Netherlands, Alex Oliphant, Jake Margaram, Stacy Height, Frau Bluka, Greg Royball, Robert Blomker II, Cindy Mandel, Amos Stewart, Phil Parkman, Carrie Dedeo, Judy W. Morris, Chris Donnelly, Corey Pluard, Pavel Shabayev, Claude Burt Lansden, Virginia Rupert, Scott Shelby, Natalie Fredrickson, Elizabeth Bennett, Zareph, Shoshana Edwards, and our newest sponsor is Karen Herbert. Welcome, Karen. I'm really glad you're joining us here on the front porch. Our supporters are Glenn Elfman, Stephanie Hansen, Kim, Deborah Rice, Jamie Sassy, The Lady in the Doorway, MJ, Roxanne Wolf, Michelle Sylvester, Sarah Nimitz, John G., Christine L. Patterson, Susan Oski, Mark Rosma, and our newest supporters are Jackie Jolly and Christine Pavlik. Jackie and Christine, thanks so much for joining us on the porch. We're all very glad you're here. Our first supporter was and is Jereen. Our anchor supporters are Corey and A.A. Milne. Thank you for making my life possible. You are the stars that help me to shine. Thanks for letting me share my thoughts and ideas with you. Get your episodes of Fred's Front Porch early and commercial-free on Patreon. And now, check out our new website at fredsporch.info. There's no punctuation, and yes, it bugs me too. But welcome to the Internet. I'll talk to you next week.